I'm John Moore, and this is Going Public. We're speaking with Leslie Washington with Moms Demand Action. And coming up is the fifth annual National Gun Violence Survivors Week, which begins on February 1st and runs through February 7th. So first of all, tell me about Moms Demand Action and and what that organization is if they haven't heard about it before. Okay, Moms Demand Action is a grassroots organization And it's compiled of moms, others, moms, dads, students, and everybody. And we fight the common sense gun laws with our legislators trying to make people accountable for their actions and things like that. Gun violence um, and some legislation have been in the news recently. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you see in this new year legislatively? Um, I expect to see legislatively... um, going forward like for 2023 just hoping that we can get some of these bad bills out of there and just different things with our legislators um, conversations and things of that nature sharing my story of gun violence and how it's impacted me so putting the name to the and the face together with legislators so They can know what my story was pertaining to gun violence and domestic violence and how it's impacted me to push forward and do the things that I need to do so that we can end this senseless gun violence that happens all the time. You do have a monthly meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, You just had one on the 19th. What do you discuss at these meetings about how many people are usually at these local meetings? Um, It varies. We just kind of like talk about what our plans are going forward for the month and upcoming events and things of that nature just to kind of um, and then we try to be inclusive. We always talk about diversity, equity and inclusion. So we are inclusive of everybody, um, whether you've been impacted by gun violence yourself personally or you know someone, because I'm sure somebody knows somebody that has been impacted by gun violence in their lifetime. And we just talk about those, you know, those different things like that and actions that people can take, um, like maybe calling their legislator to let them know I'm a concerned constituent talking about gun violence and can you, you know, do your part to kind of help us and things like that. Well, coming up is the fifth annual National Gun Violence Survivors Week beginning on February 1st. Is there a specific theme or specific topic that you'll be discussing um, this year during that week? Um, Well, the dates, like John said, are the 1st to the 7th of February, and it is our fifth one um, annually, and it's across the country. And it's a national campaign for Moms Demand in Every Town for Gun Safety. And so these, um, during that time, Um, I will be receiving a proclamation on Monday at the city council meeting on January the 23rd for National Gun Violence Survivors Week from Mayor Stacey Kinder. And so we take that time during the week of February 1st to the 7th, and we amplify the voices of survivors that have been impacted by gun violence, domestic violence, any type of violence in their lifetime. So we take that time to amplify their voices like on Twitter, on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
Snapchat, you know, TikTok, all those types of um, platforms that you see today. And then I'm just going to be amplifying like my story as a survivor and then other survivors that have been impacted by any type of gun violence and things like that. Like I said, I myself am a three-time survivor of gun violence and domestic violence. I had a cousin that was murdered in 2015. I had another cousin in 1994 died by gun suicide. And then I myself was threatened with a firearm by my ex-husband after I left him being in a tumultuous 10-year uh, um, relationship of domestic violence. So I will take that time and amplify other survivors as well as myself, their stories. We tell people that you don't have to share your story. It's not required. It's if you feel led to share, you can you know, we but we just ask that you um, amplify other survivors and things of that nature and give us the support. And then also we talk about self-care. You know, that's an important part of this movement. You know, it is a grassroots mo movement. And so we want you to take care of yourself because it can be taxing at times and so we just ask that you do things that you enjoy doing and take care of yourself because self-care is the best care. So just take care of self. You know, that's all that I ask. Take care of yourself. In the past uh, few months, in fact, um, our neighboring state, Illinois, is, well, I believe, is it a proclamation? Can you talk a little bit more about the high magazine capacity semi-automatic weapons ban in Illinois and what do you know about that so far? Um, I know that that legislation was passed um, to prevent that um, and for the most part I know that it is a very vital piece of legislation that um, has been taken care of and it is just to ban assault rifles and things of that nature. Like I always tell people, I don't care what type of gun that you have or how many you have, as long as you are storing them safely. Because we see too many times in the news where people have come across firearms, they take them to schools and they commit these heinous crimes and we just want you to be safe, especially if there are children in the house. We have a, a program called Be Smart. And so it's, you know, you're asking, it's safe storage for guns. And so, like, if you have a child that wants to go to a friend's house for a play date, you have that conversation with those parents before going to that, for letting that child go into that, that house and seeing if they have those firearms and if they're stored safely. Because as we saw, there was an incident where a six-year-old got a hold of a firearm, took it out of his mom's purse, took it to school, and shot a teacher. So therefore, that is beyond me. I don't even know, you know, if his mom, I don't know the, the behind that or whatever. But you can't charge a six-year-old for a gun, you know. Yeah, there's been a discussion about that. Personally, it, it just seems like a very tragic in so many aspects. Right. Because case. this is a child. This is right. a six-year-old child. And you can't charge this child because he's six years old. 
but there should be some form of repercussion for the parent, for the mom, for even having that gun to where he can have access to it so easily and so rapidly. I mean, there should be protocol, I guess you would say, when things of that nature happen. We see all too often where children get hold of a firearm. Like, I mean, like, stop. Like, just by where I live, I live over by the post office. There were shots, there was a shooting over there in broad daylight, I would say maybe about this time of the day. And, you know, I saw the car fly past me, and then all of a sudden I heard about five or six gunshots. That's like too close. That's like I can go out my door, go up the street, and there's the building right there. So I heard those gunshots. So that is just traumatizing for someone who lives that close and thinking that I'm going to be safe. But then I'm, I turn around and I hear gunshots two steps away from my apartment building. So I and then for him to fly past me like a bat out of hell, you know, it's just like, OK, I don't know if you're going to do something to me or, you know, what your intentions were or whatever the case may be. But we have to be more vigilant in our community so our communities can be safe because gun violence doesn't just affect the family and the victims of gun violence it affects the community as a whole it leaves an indelible impact on that community as a whole because that community is shaken by gun violence and you know we don't know how to pick up the pieces I mean we try to move on we try to push forward you know but our families and friends of that victim do not have closure you know, if the murder is unsolved or the case is still lingering out there, I mean, we try to move on, but we still have that in the back of our brains. And when you've been impacted by gun violence, like I see all too often, you suffer from PTSD, you suffer from depression, your mental state is not, you know, all the way good or whatever the case may be. So that's why I always say self-care is important because you may go through life and you may have, you know, you have depression and PTSD like I do. I suffer from PTSD because of my ex-husband, but I try to push forward and I do things to try to advocate for others who are afraid to use their voices because a lot of times people don't want to share their story. They may feel that their story is not important. But everybody's story is important. And your story and my story are maybe two totally different things. But I still value you and your story, you know, because you are important. And if you feel led to share, then you should share. But I can't force you to share. And I can't tell you, oh, you should be over it by now. You shouldn't. You're never going to be over it. And no one has the right to tell someone who has lost a child, a family member to gun violence, to get over it and stop sharing your story. They don't have that right because they don't, they may not have been impacted by what you have been impacted by. Every person is different and they handle grief and trauma differently.
looking at statistics, there are statistics for every state on um, everytownresearch.org. Uh-huh. And Missouri is rated number 38 in the country for gun law strength. I uh, just want to talk about one thing in particular, mm-hmm. and something I didn't realize. 2007, the state repealed an 80-year-old permit-to-purchase law, and the uh, that led to a state's gun homicide rate of 27%. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see, as far as I know, they mentioned the the shooting up in St. Louis, right? At the um, performing arts school. Do you see any legislation that is in the House now moving forward in this year, or do you know of anything that might be moving forward in this year addressing gun violence? Um, right now, um, like I said, they will continue to advocate for these measures during the twenty twenty three session. Not right now. I mean, we have different things that we're working on. And so I really can't say specifically what we're, you know, what things are going on. But I can say that the Missouri legislature will have the opportunity to pass some of these critical laws, including passing domestic violence prohibitions. Additionally, fatal police shootings in Missouri highlight the need for lawmakers to prioritize passing police accountability measures to address um, the disproportionate rate of gun violence by the police against black people in Missouri. So the fifth annual National Gun Violence Survivors Week. Once again, uh, how do you find out more information about uh, different things that are going on in the southeast Missouri area in Missouri? And you can go to MomsDemandAction.org or EverytownForGunSafety.org, um, and you can find um, information about what's going on. Type in National Gun Violence Survivors Week, and um, you can pull up the different um, areas and things like that as to what's going on around you. Um, we have chapters in all 50 states plus D.C., um, there's chapters in St. Louis. There's chapters, like I said, in Chicago and Illinois, because we know all too often gun violence happens all too frequently. And it happens in marginalized and BIPOC communities on a regular basis. So it's just unfortunate that these types of things happen. But to find out more, like I said, you can go to everytown.org. And then moms demand action and you can um, find out the different information. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Leslie Washington, uh, speaking about the fifth annual National Gun Violence Survivors Week, which begins on February 1st and runs through February 7th. Thank you for having me, John.